Hi, y'all. So um, <laughs> I am deciding to video record this podcast uh, recording. It's really personal. Uh, and I don't really know. I don't really know if I, what I'm going to do with this. Am I going to publish this? Is it just going to be a newsletter? I don't know, but I do know it's time. And part of the reason why I know it's time is because I just coached the hell out of somebody about a very similar concept. And when that happens and I can feel my words literally reverberating and resonating in my own brain, it's like, Kemi, it's time to be courageous. It's time to take your own medicine. You are listening to Your Unapologetic Career. Being a woman of color faculty in academic medicine who wants to make a real difference with your career can be tough. Listen, these systems are not built for us, but that doesn't mean we can't make them work for us. In each episode, I'll be taking a deep dive into one core growth strategy so you can gain confidence and effectiveness in pursuing the dream career you worked so hard to achieve. All you have to do is tune in to your unapologetic career with me, your host, Kemi Dole, physician, surgeon, researcher, coach, and career strategist for an always authentic, sometimes a little raw, but unapologetically empowering word. I keep it real for you because I want you to win. Are you building the academic career you want or hard at work checking boxes on everyone else's to-do list? A successful career doing the work that you love doesn't mean you have to sacrifice your values, your family, or your joy. Stop trying to be everything to everybody and get to learning the strategies that will 3x your productivity, hone your passions into grant-funded projects, and create the career you worked so hard to achieve. If you have been to every career development workshop that sounded great, but didn't actually deal with the kind of institutional pressures you face, if you are working hard, but somehow stuck in inefficiency, putting everyone else's priorities first, if you spent years training and sacrificing to become academic faculty, and here you are still working nights and weekends on the projects you care most about, I'm here to tell you that you can walk away from this institutional mindset forever and take control of your career with clarity and strategy. Every day, I help early career women of color faculty in academic medicine, like you, reframe and recreate their academic life so that they can channel their ideas, passions, and skills into grant-funded work with institutional support. And that is why this episode is brought to you by Get That Grant, my six-month comprehensive high-performance coaching program for high-achieving early career women of color faculty in academic medicine who are ready to reclaim career control and secure grant funding doing the work they love. In Get That Grant, we help you kick imposter syndrome to the curb for good, so you lead your career with clarity and confidence. We teach you productivity and strategy skills for grants and papers to maximize your chances of success without wasting your time abandoning your passion, or working yourself into the ground. We help you to build the foundation for an amazing and fulfilling academic career, changing your life and the lives of everyone your work will touch. Yes, this future is possible for you, 
and it's waiting on you to make the first step. If you're ready for career success without sacrifice, I encourage you to book a coaching consult call today by visiting kemidole.com backslash grant. After you book your call, you will complete an in-depth career foundations assessment, helping you identify the gaps in your foundation that are holding you back from enjoying the career you work so hard to achieve. No more secret worrying that you just don't have what it takes. This career assessment will show you exactly where you need to focus to up-level your experience and your impact. Book a coaching consult today to get your career foundation score. Visit kemidole.com backslash grant to book your call. So today on this podcast episode, I'm talking about elevating your self-concept. And self-concept is definitely a term that's like thrown around in coaching circles. And so it's, you know, it can have like this kind of like, you know, nebulous, like, what is that? What is my self-concept? But um, I think it's different than self-esteem, but it's really just like how you view yourself, like almost like that answer of like, who do you think you are is like that answer. And so I'm calling this elevating your self-concept because that's what this challenge I'm going to tell you all about is really all about. And some people will have not hit this kind of moment in their career yet, or maybe never. I don't know. I would say though, that those of us who come in pretty clearly passionate about something that come in kind of against the odds. I'm also going to add, right? Those of us who come in knowing this, this place is not built for us. It's not for us. And we're here anyway, because we have such a clear vision, right? Such clear goals about what we want to do. I think the other thing we come in with is just this deep sense of possibility. So if you're in that camp, this moment may or may not be coming for you. I don't want to scare y'all. I mean, like, what am I doing? I'm not trying to scare you, but I'm just saying that I am sharing this for two reasons. One, I'm sharing it for myself because I need to move past this decision. I need to move into all of the possibility that awaits me on the other side of this conversation. And so I'm doing it for myself. And I'm also doing it for y'all because I want anybody who has had this feeling, anybody who might be wrestling with this in this moment to understand one, that you're not alone, that you're, you're not crazy. You're not alone to hear how it feels, how it sounds like when you're in this space and to see what it can look like moving through it. So that's really my intention uh, with this episode. (laughs) And so uh, we'll see how that goes. So elevating your self-concept. This is definitely at this point over a year in the making. So the newsletter that I have about this, I wrote this newsletter in December of 2020. I am recording this April 23rd of 2021. So that's how long I've been sitting on this newsletter. And the newsletter itself took me probably like a year to write. I did not realize that around December, no, actually on, on December 13th, 2019, when I wrote in my one sentence a day journal, I wrote, I am questioning the role of surgery in my future. This was the only place I could admit this to myself. I had spent six months before I even wrote that sentence, completely ignoring this growing question of time and space that I was putting into surgery in my life. And so I just distracted myself with more clinical care and more surgery, naturally. 
But it was really writing that sentence down that was for me my first brave step of just putting it down on paper. And the Lord knows I had no idea what kind of year was coming. I came into the year with my annual plan, my priorities for my CEO, scientist, and worker bee using my own tools, my own stuff. I did definitely have my some low-grade anxiety about making the transition from career development awards, right? One and two-year awards to larger independent investigator awards, because that's where I was at this time. And so basically it was like a typical new year for me. It's like, I got my priorities. I have my plan. I've done all the stuff and I've got a little bit of anxiety about like the things that are coming and what I want to do. And then COVID hit. And I wrote to you all in my newsletter about self-preservation and productivity amid chaos. I started an audio support group where I started sending people messages. It was kind of like the progenitor of this podcast. I started sending people messages sometimes twice a week, once a week, every other week about just preserving themselves through the pandemic. I was following my own advice though, in terms of self-preservation and productivity amid chaos. I told y'all to do this and I did it. I cut everything off of my list, my to-do list, but submitting this one grant that had been basically three years in the making. It would have been the easiest thing y'all to just delay. Like logistically, it would have been very easy to delay, right? I mean, people were already like incorporating delays into grant deadlines and things during COVID. But for me, it was the last thing I wanted to give up. So I didn't. I deprioritized ongoing projects, papers, and collaborations because I knew I could only do one to two things during a time of such insane upheaval. Like I knew that. And so I laser focused myself and my team on this, this grant and I kept operating. I kept doing surgery. And I started talking with my therapist and my coach about what I started to call the surgery thing. In my mind, it was an issue that I needed to fix. (laughs) Why would I want to stop operating? I'm good at it. Great, actually. Sorry, your girl is good. Being a surgeon is such a prestige chip. Like all of you non-surgeon physicians know what I mean. We are surgeons. We are insufferable because hello, we're surgeons. Like, why in God's name would I give that up? And, and this was a big one. This was big. The only reason, the only reason I had seen people stop operating outside of retirement was because of a major injury or trauma. And so, like, I didn't have any example in my mind of like somebody doing this that basically like wasn't being forced to in some way. And I already felt the intense pressure to fight against the stereotype, y'all know about this one too, that basically a surgeon scientist, especially somebody like me that was 50% and then 25% clinical couldn't be a great surgeon. I mean, that was like daily. I felt that every single time I went to the OR, that was on my mind. Like, you know, I am a great surgeon and I, I always was, you know, like I didn't, I don't have issues with that, but it was another part of the thing. It was another part of the culture. It was another part of what was going through my mind and why I was feeling like <sighs> this is a problem. So you can see why I was just calling it my surgery thing. Another piece of resistance around this, in addition to the things that I talked about, another piece of resistance around this is the idea that 
once we stop doing something, we lose all of the value of having done it, right? So it's like, it doesn't matter if you spent five years or 10 years or 15 years doing XYZ thing that might have defined you in some way, shape or form. But basically it's like, once you stop, like the value of that goes away. Now, even saying that out loud, if you think about it for another person, it's it seems ridiculous. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. Like you don't do it anymore, but nobody can take away the fact that you did it, right, for a time. But this is what came up with a, a recent client and what I what was also really active for me, which is like this idea of stopping surgery somehow meaning that the value of having done surgery and been, sur- been a surgeon and still being a surgeon is somehow diminished because I'm not still operating. And I think that you can extrapolate this out to other things that we sometimes are still doing, whatever that might be, because the idea is, is once it's like, if I stop the value of everything that I've done before is gone. And I just want to remind myself and all of you, that's not true. It's literally not true. You define the value The only way that becomes true is if that's your narrative around it. But what in actuality, what is true is that I am a surgeon. I don't operate anymore. What's true is that you might have spent five years doing a certain activity, being in a certain role, building a certain resource, whatever that is. If that's the case, you did it. And if you're ready to be done, you can be done. And nobody can take away what you've done or what you've built or what that experience has given you, right? They can't take away, right? The fact that that's woven into your DNA now in a way, right? Metaphorically. So I think that's the other thing that can come up and is a point of resistance, right? Or challenge to get through. And it's really all an internal thing. It really is not an external thing is just like, just because you used to do something, you don't do it anymore. doesn't mean that it's not still part of you. Right. So that was another piece that it was helpful for me to think and coach myself through and work through. And I just offer it to, to you all as well. So it's like little extra, extra gym. So yeah, the only thing I could tell you that I was sure of during this time was that I was not going to stop operating. I was like, we're going to deal with the surgery thing, but what's not happening, I'm not going to stop operating. And so I started bargaining, of course. I was like, okay, I'll go for 10 years, then stop. 10 years is like very respectable. So I'm five years in, and so that's only five to go. Only five years. Years doing something that I am questioning right now. You know, of course, I'm like, but I don't know anyone who stopped just because it's not as fulfilling as it used to be. Like, Kemi, you are crazy. I kept operating. Then May 2020 happened. Then June 2020 happened. And then I told y'all about anti-racism and career transformation. I told you to flip tables and start over and disappoint people. I wrote to you that the day you realize that you need to change and you don't do it, is the day you start wasting time. (laughs) Yeah, friends, I was coaching the hell out of myself in those newsletters I was writing to y'all. I realized that I was hiding behind bargaining 
I was hiding behind bargaining to avoid being courageous. Courageous enough to follow a path that may not make sense to anyone else. But it did make sense to me. Like, internally, it did make sense to me. I didn't hate surgery at all. I still actually really enjoyed it. I just had had enough of it. And the realization that I had spent months trying to avoid was that even though for some people, for many people, becoming a surgeon was the pinnacle of their career. And this is a big one, even though I am only one of the few black women gynecologic oncologists in the country who operate. For me, surgery operating apparently was just a step along a much longer path. So I thought I spent 15 years working to arrive here. When it turned out, I actually spent 15 years preparing to take this leap. You see, what I was fighting was the work of elevating my own self-concept. What was scary was not that I would be smaller. What was scary was that I could be bigger. That what for some was the pinnacle of their career is a waypoint, a step along the path for mine. The fear I had was being audacious enough for more. So I am thankful because the right book came to me at the right time called The Big Leap. Y'all don't read this book if you don't want to change your life. I'm telling you right now, this is the PSA. This is the warning. Don't come into my mentions. Don't come at me. Don't at me upset because you read the book and now you're about to change your life. That's not my fault. This is the warning. Don't read this book unless you want to change your life. Anyway, that book came to me at the right time, The Big Leap. And I realized that surgery is my zone of excellence. I was excellent at the surgery. But what's coming for me, what I'm building with my research and my advocacy and my coaching and my leadership work, that is my zone of genius. And what is true is that spending all of those years becoming and then being a gynecologic oncologist, doing all those complex surgeries, may, may have been the last task I made myself do just to prove I could do it. And to be clear, proving I could do it was very extraordinarily satisfying, very enjoyable, deeply rewarding, a motivation that was powerful and got me very far. And what I can tell you today is that elevating your self-concept is choosing a different fuel. My fuel now is spending my time having as big an impact as possible, coaching and empowering more surgeons and surgeon scientists, more black women to be surgeons and surgeon scientists, transforming careers of women of color so they can transform their fields, developing more tools and digging deeper into the coaching work so that I can touch a whole generation of surgeons and not just my clients and moving on with the work of not just narrowing, but eliminating, eliminating the racial inequity and endometrial cancer, big goals, (laughs) 
That's what's coming and more. So now I can really say, I can really stand in it and happily let myself stumble over the words. I'm a gynecologic oncologist. I don't operate anymore. But I'm no longer hiding from the possibilities. This is just the beginning. Elevating your self-concept. Let's go, y'all. Thank you so much for listening with me today. I appreciate your time as I know it's so valuable. I hope this episode was helpful to you and I hope you feel energized to go out and claim your unapologetic career. See you soon.